Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Colorado Rugby. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we are going through these Pac-12 basketball standings and uh, the schedules the rest of the way for not just the Buffs, but the rest of the conference because we've we've hit that point in the season. There's eight games left for most teams, and the Buffs are right in the thick of everything. Um, I'm pretty excited about this. I, uh, I'm not going to lie, my brain hurts a little bit from going through all these schedules and going through all these standings and thinking about numbers this much, but we're going to push through, and uh, before we do that, I want to say a couple more words about Colorado Rugby. So, in case you haven't heard, Infinity Park in Glendale is now the Rugby Town USA National Training Center. Um, it's where the USA Eagles men's and women's 15s teams are training, which makes it the center of rugby in the United States. Uh, it's really cool, and if you want to follow along with everything that's going on there and with U.S. rugby in general, uh, you can do that by going to the DMVR Rugby Twitter account, uh, listening to the DMVR Rugby podcast. There's written content on the website. It's good stuff, so uh, check it out. All right. So, um... Let's just start from the top here. Um, I'm recording this Monday afternoon, by the way. So I think for a lot of you, you might be listening to this after Colorado's played Oregon State. Um, you know, we can't just assume that that game is going to be a win for Colorado. But uh, for this first conversation, when we're talking about how do the Buffs take first place in the Pac-12 in the regular season, you kind of do have to assume they're going to win this one. Otherwise, the path gets really tricky um so that's just a quick assumption we are going to make for the sake of having this conversation because again if you don't make that assumption there's really no conversation to have um so as it stands right now uh usc ucla they're tied for first place in the pac-12 with a nine and two record colorado is in third place all alone with an eight and four record um like i said eight games left um, I think technically USC, UCLA will have nine. Um, the thing is, we don't know if everybody's going to get all of their 20 games played. And that makes all of this really difficult uh, to, to kind of project what exactly needs to happen because some of these games just might not be played. I think right now Colorado only has one game against Arizona State that is not on the schedule at the moment. Uh, but for Oregon, for example, they've had five postponements and 
I think on the schedule they only have 15 total games, like combined with what they've already played. Uh, so can they find a way to pack all those five games into the next month? It's possible, and it would make things a lot simpler for all of us trying to follow the Pac-12 if they were able to make it happen. But I just it would be too difficult. Um, once we get to Oregon, we'll talk a little bit about which games have been postponed and which games you want to see get rescheduled. Um, spoiler alert, you kind of want all of them to get rescheduled. But, uh, yeah, um, that is going on as well. And so that's kind of like the big asterisk to everything that I'm about to say. So, yeah, right now Colorado a game and a half out of uh, USC and UCLA. Um, easiest way to think about it probably is that the Buffs need to beat USC and UCLA at home in the final weekend of the buff season to basically pull ahead, you know, and, and that's what this first place race as it stands now really comes down to, because if, if let's just pretend that weekend was this weekend, then this weekend, if Colorado goes out there and wins both those games, all of a sudden they're 10 and four USC, UCLA, we're not talking about the other game. They'd both be playing Utah that same weekend. But uh, they would both be 10... No, 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 sorry. 9-3. and three. And so once you get to that 10-4 and four versus 9-3, and three, and then Colorado would have the tiebreaker in that three-way tie with two wins over USC, one win over UCLA, and one loss to UCLA. So out of that group, Colorado wins if it goes to a tie. The numbers don't quite add up because... Colorado's played more games, but then you're within that half game. You just need a loss somewhere or a win somewhere, and that tiebreaker kicks in. Um, and then all of a sudden, the Buffs are in first place. So that really is the big thing, is the head-to-head -head weekend against those schools. And that's how the Buffs are going to close out the season. And that's why I think that right now, with the the buffs playing like they're playing um which is to say very well in the first half but very poorly in the second half you know it it, it can feel like the sky is falling just a little bit and it points it has felt that way but in the net rankings colorado i think is 18th right now that's the second best in the pac 12 um the, i think they came in 26th in the ap poll today uh, only USC is ranked, and so, or no, UCLA might be ranked still too. I think UCLA must still be ranked. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the situation where Colorado, in the grand scheme of things, based on what has happened on the court, they've impressed, and the metrics will reflect that, although it has looked like they've had opportunities to have huge wins that have turned into not-so-huge wins, but again, that's beside the point. The Buffs are in a good place. And what this season has kind of turned into is the Buffs need to find a way to put themselves in a position to get into first place in that final week of the season. So when you get there, assuming that um, let's let's just give the LA schools the road win over Utah, which you know that is that's a minus two fifty result for each of those schools probably. Um, and if you're a non-better, that means if you were to bet 
250 bucks, you'd win 100 bucks on that bet for either one of those schools to beat Utah. So, like, it, it should happen, but Utah could definitely win that. But uh, assuming that Utah drops both those games, you need to be going into that weekend with Colorado only one game back of those two teams. Maybe that means that Colorado is 14 and 4 and they're both 16 and 3. Nope. 15 and 3. Sorry, numbers. So Buffs are 14 and 4. They're 15 and 3. That means when they beat Utah, they get to 16 and 3. When they lose to Colorado, they're at 16 and 4. Colorado gets their two wins to get to 16 and 4. That tiebreaker goes to Colorado. So again, what Colorado needs to do is go into that last weekend within one game of those two top teams. Right now, they're a game and a half, game and a half out, and they've played one more game. So you really do need um, one more loss from each of USC and UCLA, one more than Colorado has the rest of the way. That's the formula for winning the Pac-12 regular season championship. One fewer loss between right now and the LA weekend, which again is in Boulder, and the Buffs will have a chance to win two games and take first in the Pac-12. And here is the bad news. Um, Colorado's schedule is more difficult than what USC and UCLA are going up against. Um, Colorado starts with the home game against Oregon State tonight. That just has to be a win for all of this to be relevant. And then they go to the Bay to play the Northern California schools. Um, first, they'll play Stanford on Thursday. And then the Buffs play at Cal on Saturday. Neither of those teams are at the very top of the Pac-12, obviously. But either one of them could give the Buffs a good run, especially when they're playing on their home court. Um, Stanford obviously is the scarier of the two teams. They just played back-to-back -back games against Cal, actually, and Stanford won both of those games. Before that, though, Stanford, I guess, lost a fairly close game to USC, um, lost a close game at Arizona State, won at Arizona, um, won at an overtime at home against UCLA. So, I mean, and the game before that was the one against Colorado. So that's what we've missed with Stanford. Some good signs for sure, but again, not as dominant as I think some people thought they could be coming into the season. Cal, on the other hand, hasn't won a game since January 16th. Um, they've, they've also been kind of competitive. I think they were within four at Arizona State. Um... Lost at home by eight to USC. Lost by four at home to UCLA. Um, and before that was their last win against uh, Utah. So really, I do think that I would pick Colorado in both those games. Um, and I think that you'd have to if you think that they're going to have a chance to take first. From there, Colorado goes and plays at the Oregon schools. Oregon State, Oregon obviously. Um, Oregon State, you should beat even on the road, even though they have played some good basketball and have some good wins. That's where the program still is, in my mind. Um, then that Oregon game, that is going to be huge. I mean, that, that could be the one that decides what the meaning is behind that L.A. weekend. Um, 
And you know what? After running through that, I don't hate it so much. You know, at Oregon, at Stanford, those are scary. Those are scary games. Um, but the rest of them, you would pick the buffs in. Uh, and if they can pull one of those, then they'll be sitting there at 13-5 and five going into the final weekend. And again, they just need those two wins to get to 15-5. and five. That might be good enough. So, let's look at these USC-UCLA schedules. Um, they both start by going to Washington this weekend, uh, playing both of the Washington schools. You'd have to think they'll be able to beat Washington State and Washington, um, but you never know. Maybe one of those teams can get hot and make something happen. It probably won't be Washington, but if Washington State can pull an upset in one of those two games at home, the Buffs would be in a good position. Um, you would count that weekend as a win, especially if Colorado takes care of business against Cal and Stanford at the same time. After that, though, USC and UCLA both play the Arizona schools. Now, these games are at home, but again, Arizona State, they could pull a, a road upset against either of these teams. They, they aren't what people said they were before the season, but they are a team that can win a game against any team in this conference for sure. Um, Arizona... They've been up and down all year. Again, a talented team. They, they could do it too. So you do see a few games that could be losses. Games that honestly like really need to be losses. Because that's about all that's on the schedule before that weekend. Um, USC does also have Stanford on the schedule. That Monday after the Arizona, not trip, but homestand. Um, again, Stanford could certainly beat USC in that game. Um... And I did just realize that this is a, a big detail, but USC plays at UCLA in the final game of the season. So after they've played the Buffs. Um, so even if things don't go perfectly through that weekend, Buffs fans could be huge USC or UCLA fans because they could get a Pac-12 title if one of those two teams wins. So you do know, though, that with the Buffs sitting there with four losses... USC, UCLA, each with two. There's at least one loss going to one of those teams because they do play each other. And then you just need to find one more loss for the other team. And then Colorado needs to beat both of them. And if that happens, then Colorado will go or will win the Pac-12. If Colorado drops another game, which I think they probably will, then USC and UCLA will each need to drop one more game on that schedule. And that is very possible as well, you know. Say USC beats UCLA when they play each other. Stanford beats USC. Well, then all of a sudden, if Colorado wins out, they're the Pac-12 champions. They control their own destiny. Um, if you get one more loss for each of those schools, whether it comes against Washington, Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State, then you're feeling great. And here is the huge kicker. So we've been paying attention to the top three teams in the conference. Well, number four right now, and this is pretty crazy. So Colorado is actually number three at eight and four. Stanford is number five at eight and five. And right there in between them, in between eight and four and eight and five, is Oregon with a five and three record. Oregon could make a crazy run and get into that number one conversation for sure. Um, but 
they've already had five games postponed that have not been put back on the schedule yet. And that makes things complicated, especially for Colorado, because these are the games that have been postponed. Um, One game against Arizona State, one game against Arizona. Both of those were supposed to be in Oregon. And then one game at USC has been postponed, and two games against UCLA have been postponed. Oregon, like I said, can beat USC, can beat UCLA, and might be the Buffs' best chance of having somebody else beat those teams. Um, If UCLA does get two games against Oregon added to the schedule, and USC gets one game against Oregon added to the schedule, out of those three games, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon wins... I mean, I would expect Oregon to win one of them. They certainly could win two, and if I got any sort of, like, plus money on that, I'd be interested in making that bet, and even winning all three is not out of the question. And so that's really the big question as we come down the stretch here is what's Oregon's schedule going to be? Because while the Buffs have played 12 games, they've only played eight, and they only have, what, Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, Stanford, Cal, Oregon State on the schedule. So seven more games. That's 15. There's five to be made up. Um, I think getting two in against UCLA is probably not going to happen. If, if I'm making the schedule, I'd probably say, okay, you, you want to play Arizona. You want to play Arizona State. You want to play UCLA twice, and you want to play USC. Well, let's cut out one of those UCLA games first, and then we're only trying to fit in four. Can we fit four in, or do we need to cut another one out? Um, so that, that again, is just the, the big question mark. Is USC going to see a game against Oregon added? Is UCLA going to see a game against Oregon added? And, I mean, for Colorado, they still have that game against Arizona State, that home game against Arizona State to make up too. In a perfect world, I think what the Buffs would want is for both those L.A. schools to have to play Oregon and and also to play Arizona State to get a chance at that one more win. Um, that game's going to get thrown in the Buffs schedule somewhere. I mean, the Arizona State shouldn't have too much trouble making their games up, I don't think. Um, but, again, that's uh, what we're looking at in terms of number one in the Pac-12. Um, it's on the table. And that was not on the table just very, very recently. Honestly, if if USC hadn't beaten UCLA this weekend, it wouldn't be because UCLA would be sitting there at 10 and one while the buffs are at eight and four. And then you'd be like, well, no, you're asking a lot. But now though, especially with that LA weekend to close things out for Colorado and then to have USC playing UCLA the Monday after that weekend as just like this one more final layer of security the Buffs are in a good place. All they need to do is have USC and UCLA within one loss of them going into the weekend. And they'd even have a path if only one of those two is in with within one loss, and the other one stays where they are right now, two losses away. You just need the Buffs to win both games, and whoever ha- has two losses less than Colorado going into the weekend to either lose to Utah or lose that game against USC or UCLA. Um, the door is very much ajar for number one. Um, the buffs are not locked into number four though, in the way that I think for a while there, it seemed like they were, uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about next 
after we take a quick break and talk about some of DMVR's most favorite partners. Are you looking for a Valentine's Day meal, either for you and like another person or, you know, like for me personally, I'm just looking for a meal for myself. Um, either way, there are some awesome options, including vanilla porter themed meals um, or desserts even. Uh, we've got both those things for you and so much more. Uh, Half-Baked Harvest has teamed up with Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DMVR, for Valentine's Day to give you guys the perfect Valentine's Day dinner. You've witnessed the famous RK special and many other mixtures via the tailgate, but now it's time for the professionals to take over and deliver a creamy brown butter mushroom chicken. Half-Baked Harvest uses Breck's vanilla porter in the cream sauce to add a richness when paired with buttery mushrooms. You can then serve it over fettuccine pasta to complete an easy one-skillet dinner. But no meal is complete without a delicious dessert, so they really go in for the kill with a vanilla porter molten chocolate cake. I'm sure your mouth is watering uncontrollably, so head to Breck's Twitter or Instagram page and check out the link in their bio for those delicious recipes and more with Breck Brews and treat yourself to an incredible Valentine's Day dinner. You can also enter to win some great prizes from both Breck and Half-Baked Harvest when you hit that link, so make sure you check that out. Also, UFC 257 surely gave the fans the show they were looking for, and this weekend is sure to be just as action-packed. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 100-to-1 odds on your chosen fighter to step out of the octagon, raising the belt. Pick either main event fighter to win this weekend's UFC 258 bout, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100-to-1 odds. That's a $1 bet on either fighter to reign victorious, and if your fighter wins, you'll cash $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds boosts and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 on your chosen title contender to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code DMVR to turn $1 into $100 on the main event Saturday night for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So, um, we've now had the happy talk about just how great the Buffs are sitting in the uh, race for the Pac-12 title. Now, the flip side of that is that while the Buffs have kind of narrowed that gap a little bit between them and the top, the gap between them and the number five seed and the number six seed has kind of dwindled. Um, and, you know, we talked about this week is a very big week for the Buffs in that hunt for the number one spot you know again if, if you want that la weekend to be your chance to sweep for the pac-12 title which i am adamant that that should be the goal for this team well this weekend could also really cause some problems for the buffs um 
there are a few teams that could pass the buffs. There's really three teams um, that could pass the buffs. The rest are under 500, and it'd be a very big surprise if they were able to get back into this. Um, those three teams are Oregon, Stanford, and Oregon State. Um, Oregon is a complicated case. They're right on the buffs' heels because of just the way their schedule's gone. You know, again, it's eight and four Colorado, and then five and three Oregon, and then eight and five Stanford. Just some weird standings. Um, we'll talk about Oregon in a bit, but the Stanford and Oregon State um, options are what is so intriguing to me, um, especially this week. So, the Pac 12 tournament, four teams get buys. Um, again, all 12 teams go. And so the top four sit out the first day, they have their buy, and then the other eight pair off. And then there are four winners. Those four winners play the four teams that had the buys. This year is going to be different because Arizona is not participating in the postseason because they're cheaters. Um, that means that there are only 11 teams. And so you can't have four teams playing four teams and then having those four winners play the four by teams because that's 12 teams and not 11. Um, the easiest way to make it work is to just add, I mean, basically you'd use the same bracket, but throw uh, Arizona in the number 12 spot. And since they don't play, essentially that's a buy for the number five seed. And so you have five teams that move on. And then you have... Um, the first round, or five teams have a bye. The, the first round is the other six paired off. So there's three games. So you have the three winners plus the five bye teams for eight total. And so really two of the teams that have buys would be playing each other, which would be fine. I'm not really sure how else you'd go about doing this. And I'm not going to hurt my head any more than I just did. Um, so yeah, the goal is always to be a top four team because you want, to get the buy this year, I would assume that there's going to be five buys, although we don't know for sure. Either way, Tab Oil's never finished in the top four in a regular season before. I think that getting the monkey off that back is still the benchmark that we should be using. Um, so, like I said, right now, number four is Oregon, five Stanford, six Oregon State. Stanford at eight and five, number five, this would be a loss if Oregon and Stanford both move past Colorado. Only a half game back. So if the Buffs, knock on wood, lose to Oregon State tonight, things could get ugly. Um, Oregon would move into third place. Colorado would be 8-5. and five. Stanford would be 8-5. and five. They'd be tied for fourth place. I'm not sure who the tiebreaker would go to because each team would have one of the... Or no, Stanford, Colorado would still have the tiebreaker because they've only played once and Colorado won that game. Oregon State would now be 7-5 and five, with Stanford and Colorado both 8-5. and five. And Oregon State would have that win over Colorado because they would have obviously beaten them tonight. And then Oregon State would also host Colorado in two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Not this weekend, but next weekend um, with a chance to move in front. So that's kind of what we're looking at with this Oregon State game is... A loss would mean some pretty terrible things. You'd be a half game out of sixth place. Um, you would not. Ha you would the other the other team would have the tiebreaker in that scenario as well, um, and that's just where it starts. Obviously, 
Um, they, like I said, they'd be tied with Stanford, and they play at Stanford this weekend. You don't love that, um, and that's really what's on the line. And that's really a lot to have on the line this week. You know, if, if you win three games this week, well, all of a sudden, everybody, not just me, is talking about why the Buffs could finish number one. If Colorado loses one of these games, you start to get pretty nervous. If they lose two, especially if the one win is over Cal, that's when you start to, I mean, you buckle up and say, I hope the wheels don't fall off. Um, it's a big week. It's a really big week. And I hope that this wasn't too convoluted and boring because it's a lot of just like looking at the standings and thinking about what could happen. Um, but this is a big one for Colorado. The difference between coming out of this week 11-4 and four and Eight and seven is obviously huge, but even the difference between ten and five and nine and six, and to me, that's the difference between still being able to say that you have a shot at winning the Pac-12 and saying, "Oh no, how are the Buffs going to get their hands on a buy?" Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's what we're looking at. Oh, by the way, we should go through these schedules. Um, Stanford, uh, they, they play the mountain schools this weekend, obviously at home. Um, next week they go to Washington to play the Washington schools. Again, I, those are probably wins. Maybe, maybe Washington state could pull an upset. Um, and then you go at USC, uh, and then they're playing at home against the Oregon schools. So again, at USC, that's going to be a battle. If, if Stanford wins, then Colorado is obviously in great shape for number one. Starting to get a little bit sketchy about um, keeping that top four spot. Uh, if USC wins, then number one's going to be tough. And also, you feel good about top four. So that's what's going on. Um, CU's got seven games on the schedule left. Hopefully that Arizona State game gets scheduled so it'll be eight games left. Um, and if that's the case, they've got three games this week. And if you don't get that Arizona State game uh, rescheduled, well, then the three games this week are almost half of what's left this season. Just crazy to think about that, that we're already at that point. But again, just so hard to emphasize how big of a week this is for Buffs basketball. Although I have obviously done my best to share all of my thoughts about where the Buffs sit in the standings. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. That's going to do it for today. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow, maybe with Ben. I've got to see now that he's like, he's got other things he does at DMVR. He, he goes to school. He, uh, I mean, like he doesn't have a girlfriend or anything, but or like a whole lot. There isn't a whole lot else that goes on in his life. I don't think, but, but still that that's enough to be kind of busy. So hopefully I'll at least get him on for a couple minutes to talk about the game that will be happening tonight. Um, and then we'll be doing a live post game after the next game, I believe. So stay tuned for that as well. Hopefully getting to more of those as we go forward as well. Um, again, thanks for listening. That's all I've got for you today. Uh, see you after whatever happens tonight at five o'clock. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad.